week that American soccer fans have spent months waiting for is finally here. World Cup qualifying and Olympic qualifying all going down in the next couple of days. This is the SBI Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ivis Kalarsev, and I know you're probably as excited as I am to see what goes down in the next couple of days, particularly starting off Friday night. U.S. national team resumes World Cup qualifying, and the U.S. under-23 national team fights for its Olympic life, taking on Colombia down in South America. Uh, There's plenty to get into here. We can talk about both these matches, obviously. MLS has a light schedule. There's only uh, three matches to talk about, so we'll spend more time focusing in on the American teams, the U.S. national teams. Uh, I'm sure... Uh, there's a lot of questions uh, people have about these games, about the teams we're going to see, and a lot of people are probably nervous about how the Americans are going to do in both these games. So we'll kick off with the U.S. national team. They're down in Guatemala to take on Guatemala in World Cup qualifying. And uh, even though the U.S. hasn't lost to Guatemala in a very long time, there's still some nerves because anytime you go down to Central America, it's a challenging experience. It's a tough experience. And uh, even though the U.S. has done pretty well for the most part uh, on their last few trips down there, uh, it's still a challenge. And uh, having been down there, I was lucky enough to be down there in 2008 and 2012. And uh, I've seen it. And it's a tough environment, not not just in terms of the crowd, because the crowd, it, Guatemala is not the most intimidating place in CONCACAF. I mean, I think there are worse places. Um, but it can be pretty intimidating. But uh, above all, you have tough playing conditions. You have uh, the fields aren't ne- aren't necessarily great. Uh, sometimes that's a challenge. And then uh, you know you're playing an opponent that that's probably going to just bunker in and really try to force you to uh, to create. Um, I know at times in the past Guatemala has tried to go at the U.S., tried to attack. But I, I don't know if this Guatemala team is going to necessarily do that. Uh, I think we're all curious to see the lineup that Jurgen Klinsmann goes with here. Uh, he's called in pretty much a full-strength squad, uh, even though there's some injuries that, that have raised some questions. Fabian Johnson is injured. I uh, don't think he'll play in this one, uh, as much as they're trying to make it seem like that's still very much an option and he could still play. I wouldn't hold my breath on him playing. Uh, as far as Josie Altador goes, he's another question mark. Do you start him? Is he fit enough to start? Uh, he's a guy that you, you needs to be 100% uh, for, in order for you to be able to start him. And I don't know if, if uh, he qualifies as, as being 100% fit. He finally did play for Toronto FC in their last game. They lost to Sporting Kansas City, but just one appearance as a sub. I don't know if that's enough to, to, to say he's ready to be your starter down in Guatemala. And if he isn't your starter, uh, then you have to look at the, uh, the forward line, starting with the forward line. Uh, I think a Clint Dempsey-Bobby Wood tandem makes a lot of sense. Uh, Clint Dempsey obviously has the experience uh, of, of having played in World Cups, uh, pressure situations. He's a, he's a big-time player. He's, he, he's stepped up in, in some really big occasions. So it's not going to be something he's, he, he's, he's unaccustomed to. He's, he's been in those environments before, uh, so I don't think you worry about him so much. Uh, Bobby Wood obviously is red hot right now. He, he can't stop scoring in Germany. He's earned himself a place uh, in that starting lineup for the for the U.S. and I think as a tandem, that 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 twosome could work pretty well together. I think with Wood with his speed and his movement, Dempsey with his passing ability and his ability to kind of stretch uh, stretch attacks uh, just with his movement. He's not as he he's not as quick as he used to be, but he's still very intelligent. He still reads the game so well and he, and he puts himself in great spots. So I think that tandem 
works pretty well. The real question mark is going to be in the midfield. If you're Jurgen Klinsmann, what midfield configuration do you go with? Uh, I mean, it's safe to say we're going to see a 4-4-2, so you're going to see four midfield spots. Uh, when you look at Michael Bradley's going to be one. You'd like to think Alejandro Bedoya is going to be another one. Kyle Beckerman most likely will be a starter as well. And then I think that leaves one spot open uh, for a handful of candidates. Uh, obviously, Jossie Zardes is a guy who Klinsman is rated as a starter. And if you start him, you can obviously play him on one wing, play Bedoya on the other, and play play your standard 4-4-2 diamond with Bradley playing underneath Dempsey and, uh, and Wood. Uh, or you can go with someone like a Darnton Nagby. Or even a Lee Win. Now, Darnton Agby, it's unclear just how, how injured he is or if he's injured at all. Uh, obviously, for those who saw the Portland RSL match, uh, he took a real nasty knock uh, toward the end of the match uh, thanks to a pretty dirty tackle, pretty ugly tackle. Uh, so he, so he's a bit of a question mark. I don't know how healthy he is. Is he 100%? Then you have Lee Wynn, uh, who uh, played on Sunday. And, and obviously, his team got, got blown out 3-0 by Philadelphia. But... Here's a guy who was really who who did really well in the January camp, and he did well in those friendlies. So he's earned his opportunity potentially to start in this match. When you look at the challenges that that a Guatemala probably will present, uh, I think they're going to be a team that defends and counters, that bunkers in, probably plays like a you know a conservative style, whether it's a five four one or something that really forces the U.S. to try to break them down. Uh, from that standpoint, I think a player like a Nagby or a, or a Lee Wynn is more preferable to a Jossie's artist. Um, but then, we're, but it comes down to what Klins, uh, what Klins, Jurgen Klinsmann prefers. Uh, he's obviously preferred Zardis in the past, but I think if you go four four two diamond, you can you can go with Lee Wynn on one side and Bedoya on the other. I think that can work. I think Nagby is a guy you can bring off the bench. I think I think Zardis is a guy you can bring off the bench. Uh, assuming that he's healthy again, he may, maybe he he's not 100. percent But as far as that goes, I think that's the midfield. As far as the defense goes, uh, there's some there's some question marks at multiple positions. Every single position is a bit of a toss up if you think about it. Starting with right back, for my money, I go DeAndre Edlin. He's been playing regularly in the Premier League, and and he's gotten better defensively, uh, getting that playing time. Uh, but then you have a Michael Orozco who has not is not playing, isn't even dressing for Club Tijuana. But Jurgen Klinsmann trusts him. Jurgen Klinsmann likes him. Uh, he's called on him before. Uh, and, and if you think about a Guatemala that you know they if they're going to challenge you, they could probably challenge you on the flanks. Uh, do you want to do you want a guy like like Orozco who hasn't been playing? So for me, I wouldn't play Orozco. I'd I'd absolutely play Yedlin. Uh, I'd even play Jeff Cameron over uh, over Michael Orozco. But, again, it's not what we would do. It's what Jurgen Klinsmann would do. Uh, but if you're asking me who I'm betting on, I'm betting on DeAndre Yedlin. Um, we'll see if that, that, that holds true. As far as uh, the center back positions, you have, mul- you have multiple people battling at multiple spots. Right center back, you have Omar Gonzalez and Jeff Cameron. Left center back, you have John Brooks and Matt Beasler. Uh, it's it's really tough for me to tell who who which way he'll go, which way Klinsman will go. Uh, I think I think he's going to want to give John Brooks the opportunity. Uh, Brooks is obviously playing really well in Germany, uh, so from that standpoint, you can kind of understand uh, he's in good form. He's in very good form. Now, but as we've said, as I've said before, John Brooks has been in good club form before, only to come to the U.S. and not play that well for the national team. So that's that's always going to be the tricky tricky part. 
he also hasn't, I believe, uh, you know, I don't know if he's played in a qualifier. Uh, Definitely, I don't particularly a qualifier in 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 uh, Latin America. He in Central America. He, I don't, I don't think he has. So that that's a new challenge for him. So if you're a Klinsman, uh the safe bet is to go Beasler. Beasler's been there. Beasler's played in these env- environments in these situations. Or do you go with John Brooks and you want to give him that experience and get him ready if you're looking ahead to Copa America? And that's something that I think needs to be thought about when it comes to this match. I don't think Klinsman's overlooking Guatemala by any means. Um, but at the same time, I think there has to be some some aspect of his decision-making that is, that is going to be influenced by looking ahead and by thinking about the Copa America. And if John Brooks is a guy that you see as the guy you want to be starting for you, in Copa America and the, and qualifying after that and eventually the World Cup, then this is an opportunity to really give to groom him. And these are games that you know what you can plug him in and give him that opportunity to gain that experience that he needs. Um, so for me, I, I would not have a problem with him starting Brooks over Beasler, and I think he will start Brooks over Beasler. As far as Omar Gonzalez and Jeff Cameron, that that's a little tougher one because you're obviously talking about two veterans. Uh, you can't go wrong either way. Uh, I think both both are very solid. Omar Gonzalez is playing more consistently lately, and he's playing very well at, at Pachuca. I think the move has definitely worked wonders for him. Uh, as he's noted in recent interviews, uh, that competition for playing time keeps you on your toes in Mexico, where you know you play for a Pachuca team where they have a couple of guys who could play ahead of you. When he was playing with the Galaxy, he was the starter. Period. There was no question. There were no questions about that. Um, and I think he's stepped up to that challenge. As far as Jeff Cameron goes, obviously Jeff Cameron uh, has has played at center back mostly lately for Stoke City. He's also seen some time at right back, but mainly as a center back. So which way do you go? You can argue that Jeff Cameron's a bit better on the ball. He's a bit better passer than Omar Gonzalez. So from that standpoint, maybe he's a better fit in this particular game. Uh, but you can go either way. I, I really have a tough time calling it. Personally, I'd probably go Cameron. I'd probably go Cameron Brooks. I think that just just looking at how what, what Klinsman has to look at and all the things he has to consider, I think we could definitely see that tandem uh, get the nod. And then, of course, we have left back. The position that Klinsman says anybody can play, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to be able to find left backs to play. Uh, he called in Edgar Castillo. Uh, Greg Garza is still recovering. Uh, he's not all the way back from injury. Uh, Tim Ream has fallen out of favor at Fulham. Uh, so uh, Fabian Johnson's injured and, and probably would be the guy if he could go. But he's not available either. So you're talking about a, you know all, all your top left back options are unavailable. And now he's turning to Edgar Castillo, a guy who is, no, who is not a good... De- he's not a good defender. Now, he's a good player getting forward. He's gotten better defensively, but that that's not saying much considering how atrocious he was as a defender. But he's starting regularly in Mexico for Monterrey, who's the first place team in Mexico. So from that standpoint, as we said last show, you can kind of understand why Klinsman's giving him his opportunity. He likes Edgar Castillo. He's always liked him. He's he's always even though he hasn't called him in in the last in the last uh, year or so. He still has talked about him consistently as being on the radar, as in, as as if he's always been right there. And now here's his opportunity to show what he can do. I said it last show. I'll say it again. For me, I would have called in Jorge Villafania, 
Uh, I mean, I understand maybe why Klinsman prefers Castillo to Viafania because he knows him. He's more familiar with him. Castillo's been with the team before. Viafania has not been with the team before. So when you look at those aspects, I understand. I don't necessarily agree. I think Viafania is just a much better defender, and I think you you know you want to have a really good defender. Having said that, it's Guatemala, right? Guatemala. If they're going to challenge you, it could be on the wings. So uh, maybe Klinsman wants to attack with Castillo and force uh, Guatemala to respect that as opposed to just defending Guatemala. Um, so, I, I mean, I could see that. I could I could understand that. So it's not it's not completely crazy, uh, but I still personally would call him Villafania. Uh, so, yeah, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good test. And then, obviously, in goal, uh, do you go Tim Howard? Do you go Brad Guzan? Tim, ha- Tim Howard hasn't played since uh, in more than a month. Brad Guzan's been in and out of the lineup at uh, Aston Villa. Neither one of them is on great form. Um, but who do you go with? Do you go Tim Howard has more experience? No question about that. He's played in Guatemala the last two times that they've played down there, so that's not a new environment for him. And actually, that's why I think he could get the nod. Uh, I know some people are writing him off because he hasn't played, but I could absolutely see Klinsman turning to him. Now, having said that, Guzan's been playing, and there's something to be said for the fact that he's been playing. Uh, it's pretty clear, it seems anyway, that that you're gonna see these two guys split these two qualifiers um but as far as who gets to play in guatemala that's a tough one that's a tough one howard tim howard's played there and he's played well there uh but again this is four years later uh he hasn't been playing so you could go either way uh and and, and think about some of the other guys that are in camp you have uh, david bingham uh william yarborough uh bingham's a guy who's impressing me he's really uh, showing well in MLS, and I think he's going to have a big year. Is he ready to start in qualifiers? I don't know about that, but he—he, he, I think he's someone who people need to start paying more attention to uh, instead of some of the other names that, that that people keep trotting out because they're just not paying attention. I mean, Bill Hamid, I love Bill Hamid. I think when he's healthy, the guy's excellent, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and and that's really what it boils down to as far as why he, you know, he hasn't had a better opportunity with the national team. Uh, why he hasn't had the chance to really grab hold of that, uh, you know, unquestioned number three uh, goalkeeper spot is because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And it, it, it's nothing beyond that. There's no conspiracy there. Uh, there's no uh, dislike for Hamid. I'm pretty sure Klinsman rates Hamid pretty highly. What he doesn't like is the fact that Hamid continues to get hurt, um, which, you know, if you want to count on a goalkeeper, if you want to have a goalkeeper be your guy, I don't know if you want a guy who can't stay healthy. So that that's a big challenge for for Hamid going forward is is being able to stay healthy. And hey, you know what? Sometimes players can be unlucky with injuries, and and, and maybe he has been uh, a bit unlucky with some of the injuries that he's had come his way. Um, but you know what? If if, if a coach kind of wants to give other guys opportunities because he doesn't know if he can count on you because of the injuries, you can't. Can you really blame a coach for that? I, I don't know if you can. So. Uh, that it bears watching. I think Bingham Bingham's a guy who could end up taking advantage of that opportunity and uh, gr- grabbing hold that number three spot. You know, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, as far as the game itself, like I said, I think the U.S. should win. I think they are going to be tested. Uh, I think Guatemala can score a goal on this U.S. defense, but I think I think the U.S. will have enough for them, uh, particularly in the attack. I'll go. I'm going to go with a two-one U.S. victory in this one. That's my prediction. Uh, I'll go with Bobby Wood with a goal because the guy can't stop scoring, and uh, and then on, and, and after that I'll, maybe we'll have somebody come off the bench and score a goal. Um, maybe 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 Nagby opens his account. Actually, you know what? I'll go Michael Bradley. I'll go Bradley 
Bobby Wood goals, 2-1, to one, U.S. over Guatemala, get the three points in the bag, move that much closer to qualifying. Uh, and hopefully it's that easy. So hopefully it's that simple. But you know how it is in, co- in qualifying it down in Central America. It's not always it's not always as easy as it seems like it should be. Moving on, we have to talk about the U.S. Under-23 national team. They are in Colombia. And on Friday, they will play the first of two matches against Colombia with the winner of the two-legged series qualifying for the Olympics. And it's not going to be an easy one. Andy Herzog's team... It's going to face a tough challenge. Colombia looked good in the South American qualifiers. Um, they're a dynamic team. They're definitely a dangerous attacking team. And they're going to test that U.S. defense. And and unfortunately for the U.S., they're going to be without one of their projected starters in Cameron Carter-Vickers, a guy who, you know, even though he's young and even though he's, I think, what is he, 18? He's 18 going on 35 tw- or 28 anyway. Uh, he just he's just like a man child and he would he would have been a starter but he he was injured he is injured uh and that's going to that's going to give an opportunity for someone else to step in uh you have Matt, Bia- Matt Miazga coming in and it should be noted Matt Miazga has not been playing at Chelsea so you just wonder what kind of form he's in he hasn't played in a competitive match in months and uh it, it's going to be tough i think for him to step in and have to play against a, a dynamic Colombia attack when he hasn't played played lately. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who Andy Herzog starts next to him. Uh, I think it's a safe bet that it'll, it will be Tim Parker, who's been starting for Vancouver, has been getting regular playing time. So I think from that standpoint, it'll be good. It'll be good for the U.S. that, that you have a guy who has been playing in Parker next to Miazga, who has the talent, but he's probably going to be rusty. So... I think from that standpoint, that's gonna uh, that that I think that'll help the U.S. Uh, and as far as the rest of the, the team goes, it's a it's a pretty good team that that, that Herzog's been able to call in. Uh, I think he got he was able to get everyone he wanted. Uh, I think for me, the only guy who's not there is Rubio Rubin, and that, and he's injured or he's coming back from injury. So um, maybe Christian Pulisic is a guy who you know could have been there, but uh, you know for whatever reason he. He had he wasn't included. Uh, more than likely, I mean, I think I said it last show. If you're Borussia Dortmund and you don't have to release him for the U23s, then you don't release him for the U23s. If, obviously, if Klinsmann wants to see him with the senior team, Borussia Dortmund can't stand in the way of that. So that's why I think if that's why I think we'll probably see Pulisic in Columbus next week with the senior team. Um, but as far as who is there and how the team's going to look, I think uh, the U.S. is they're going to have their opportunities. Uh, Jordan Morris, Jerome Kaisvetter, they're going to be there. Uh, I think Paul Ariola should play a key role as well. He's been in really good form at Tijuana. He's worked his way into the starting lineup now for a couple of games now for Tijuana. So <clears throat> he's doing well. And I think for me, they could play a 4-3-3. And you could play Kaisvetter and Ariola on either side of Morris. And then you can kind of go with a midfield triangle with Emerson Heinemann, Will Trapp, Fatayalashi. You also have Luis Gill that you could turn to. So, and then there's Matt Poster. Let's not forget about Matt Poster. Whether you use him in midfield, whether you use him at, at right back, I think you got to put Poster on the field. I just think he's he's a guy you want to have on the field. Um, so I think it's look. This U.S. team is is is, <clears throat> is solid. I have some questions about their defense. Uh, I think it's good for them that the Savio Payne was able to be released by Groningen for this series. He's a guy who, who you know, even though he's young, he is part of that U.S. under-20 team. He is talented. He is talented, and I think he, he gives them something different, uh, potentially, at right back. Although I think Andy Herzog will probably go with my, Matt Poster 
uh, at right back instead. Um, if I, if I were a betting man, you got to get for me. You got to get Polster on the field, and I think he'll be on. He'll be at right back, and I think Acosta will be at left back. Uh, and then in goal, I think you go with Ethan Horvath, who uh, who's been starting for Molde and and playing in cha- uh, playing in in European competitions. Uh, so I think he's a guy who who when you look at the people that he's going up against in goal, uh, he's your guy for me. Um, and so it's a pretty good team. But this first leg is so key because you cannot afford to to get down too much in this one. Uh, obviously, you know it, you don't want to go back to the second leg in Frisco down three zero. Uh, that's definitely not something you want. I mean, if you could go back tied or even down one zero, you got to you you want <clears throat> you want to feel good about going back home uh, and to at Toyota Stadium, uh, FC Dallas is home, and getting a result that you need. And um, it's and I, I keep saying it, it's going to come down to that defense and how that defense holds up. Um, I think actually, if you go with a Kellen Acosta, Matt Miazga, Tim Parker, Matt Poster back four, I think it's a pretty experience back four for that age group um in terms of guys who have all uh been first team players for their club sides and have they all have experience previous experience uh matt Miazga obviously is not playing now but he, he obviously was a starter for the red bulls last year so they have a chance they have a chance and and i just want to make it clear to anyone who doesn't know that columbia is going to be tough and and you could argue columbia is a slight favorite in this one um so we will see oh and another player to think about is uh is julian green uh how do you get him onto the field where do you fit him in and i think that's again another one where you know what him and paul Ariola, uh it could be a battle between one of those guys uh for a starting nod and and maybe you know what maybe julian green does get the nod over Ariola. i just think Ariola has been in really good form with tijuana uh julian green has been in good form for the buying reserves um and you kind of wonder how that will translate um but we'll see, man. Herzog has some options. Andy Herzog definitely has some options uh, in the attack. The defense is a little bit more. Uh, there's some more question marks there. there. There's a little less quality there, and I think that if they end up falling short, it's going to be because of the defense. So we'll see how that back four comes together. Again, that game is on Friday. It's the it's the earlier of the two games that that game uh, it kicks off at I believe 6 p.m. Eastern uh, down in Columbia. Uh, you watch that one first, and then obviously the evening game in Guatemala, uh, which I think <laughs> I think U.S. fans are definitely gonna gonna be in for 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 a pretty long uh, and potentially entertaining day, and hopefully not a nightmare day, uh, because let's not forget what happened the last time uh, the U.S. had a pair of really big games on the same day. Uh, you, you had the U. It was uh, the senior team losing to Mexico. The under 23s losing to Honduras, which caused them to, to which forced them to qualify uh, into this qualifying playoff eventually. Um, so hopefully for the U.S. it's not that as bad as that was because that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare day. That was a, a scary day, a sad day for U.S. soccer. Um, and uh, actually, I, I stand corrected. The uh, the U.S. Columbia game is at 5 p.m. Uh, it's scheduled at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 1. And then the U.S. uh, Guatemala game is at 10 p.m. And that'll be on BN Sport and NBC Universal. And I need to figure out where I can watch these games. I'm going to be in Washington. I'll be at a hotel. I don't know. I don't. Most hotels don't have uh, Fox Sports 1 and and not in hardly. I don't know if any hotels 
that that would be in sport. Uh, you would think that by now I would have figured out, uh, you know, a sling box arrangement on my my TV, but I have not gotten around to doing that. So I, I'm going to have to scramble and, and and find somewhere to watch these games in Washington. So uh, we'll see where that where that goes down. Um, but some uh, on some other some other U.S. national team news. Sadly, uh, Aaron Johans- Aaron Johansson uh, is going to miss the rest of the Bundesliga season. The Werder Bremen striker uh, has not recovered from the injuries that have kept him out since the beginning of, of the season, since last September. Uh, it's really unfortunate that he's continued to have these issues, but now uh, Werder Bremen has made it made it clear. They made the they pretty much the they, they put it out there that he won't be back. And it's safe to say at this point, looking at the timetable of things, that he will not be part of the Copa America group for the U.S., which is unfortunate. We're talking about a guy who, when he's healthy, it could definitely be. Uh, a contributor on that team and and now he's out now he's out so uh you know hopefully for his sake he can get back and 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 recover and be back in time for next season for Bremen and uh you know hopefully for his sake and Bremen's sake they don't get relegated between now and then there's they're they're still not completely safe uh they're not currently in the relegation zone in Germany but they're not too far away uh, there are only a couple of bad results from stumbling right back into that 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 danger zone so to speak so um but that's an unfortunate one, um, and you hate to see that, especially when a guy has already put, uh, put in so much time uh, being sidelined, and now essentially, effectively, it's going to be a whole, almost a whole season lost, a whole season lost from his first season in the Bundesliga. And obviously, uh, there was a lot of a lot of hope for for him, and, and when he went there, that okay, he'd go there, he can make things happen, and and he could potentially be a starter for the U.S. But obviously now. Uh, he's had a huge setback. He's not going to be back, and Jurgen Klinsmann uh, won't be able to count on him for the summer. It seems like it anyway. Uh, just looking at the timetable that the Ver- Vermin, the Werder Bremen um, people have set out, so uh, that's an unfortunate one. Uh, no question about it. Uh, uh, moving on to this now. Let, let's not forget now. This Friday, obviously, as we said, we have the two big games. U twenty three is a senior team. Uh, there's obviously a lot of international soccer going on. It's an it's a FIFA international fixture date, uh, so you have Concacaf qualifying going on as well. We have a really big game up in Vancouver between Canada and Mexico, and it can't be said enough. This is the big the, you can you have to say this is probably the biggest game for Canada in a long time. I mean. Maybe the Gold Cup semifinal in 07 that they lost to the U.S. Uh, I'm sorry to bring it up to the Canadian listeners, but that's probably the last time that they had a game that they, that was this big. Obviously, the, the game that they had in Honduras that where they got destroyed, that was a big game as well, obviously. And, and again, sorry to bring up the painful memories of that. But with everything that's surrounding this Canada-Mexico game, that's going to be a huge one. They're playing in Vancouver. They're expecting a sellout crowd or close to a sellout crowd. More than 50,000 are going to be there. Uh, and i tell you what, man, the Canadians sound pretty confident. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Will Johnson and Kyle Aaron in recent weeks about, about that match and about just the feeling in the Canadian camp that they believe they could beat Mexico. And it's not going to be easy. Mexico is a tough team. I know people will still look at the Gold Cup and say, oh, you know what? Even though they won the Gold Cup, they weren't all that impressive. But let's not forget now how they looked in the CONCACAF Cup uh, against the U.S. And you know what? They, they, they're a better team now uh, and from the standpoint of they have guys who are really playing, really at good points in their career. Uh, they have a lot of players who are playing really well right now. 
And then they have uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, who's the head coach. And I think he's a guy who, who's well-suited to take advantage of the talent that they have. And they're going to be a huge challenge for this Canadian team. Um, but again, Canada, this is a, this is as good a Canada team as I think they've had since maybe the 07 Gold Cup team. And I mean, if you want to go back to when they won the, the Gold Cup in 2000 and take it that far back... Uh, and nothing against that team. Not, I don't even think. And, I, and again, I actually covered that Gold Cup, uh, showing my age a bit. Uh, I still, I still remember uh, being down in Miami for the the Colombia USA match when Colombia knocked off the US. Um, but that Canada team for me in 2000 wasn't even as good as some Canada teams that they've had since then. But they, you know what? They put it together in that tournament, and Craig Forrest in goal was excellent for them. Um, <clears throat> but this Canada team has some real real talent uh when you talk about junior hoylet uh kyle laren who is in form and he's playing really well and he's very confident uh those guys are going to be a handful for mexico's defense and that and that's what i'm really excited to see even though uh canada is going to be the underdog i think with the crowd behind them and with those uh, attacking players that they have they have a real chance to beat mexico i don't think they will but I think they have a chance. I think I think they I think it's gonna be a great game. And you know what? If they get a point, I think they'll be okay with the point. Um, they'll still have work to do uh, because again, their group includes uh, El Salvador and Honduras. Uh, El Salvador and Honduras play each other twice, and and Canada will be hoping that they beat each other up, and neither one of them wins. And if they can get two ties between the two of them, you, Canada will be more than happy with that. Um, but they need they need to get a point. They need to get they need a point on Friday at least. Because if you lose at home to Mexico and then you have to go to Azteca on Tuesday, you're not beating them. You're not going to beat Canada is not beating Mexico in Azteca. They've only lost there, I believe, once. Actually, I think they've lost a couple times there now, but they're not easy to beat there. They are not at all easy to beat there. And and you don't want to go 0 for 2 in these two qualifiers against Mexico because then the pressure really uh, gets packed on you. Then you have to go to Honduras the next game and we all know san pedro sula or wherever they ha- wherever you go in honduras it's not an easy place to go down and, and and try to get results so canada real has to realize how important this game is on friday and i think it's gonna be a great one uh and again con uh it's concacaf's not the only region that has qualifying going on you have uh south america some really big games down in common ball uh <clears throat> you have brazil uruguay uh, you have uh, MSN. Two-thirds of MSN will be squaring off with Neymar in Brazil against Luis Suarez, who is back from his international suspension. That is going to be a great match to watch uh, just to see who can take control of the Conmebol qualifying uh, standings between those two teams. And then the other great match to watch will be Chile-Argentina, the rematch <coughs> of the Copa America final. Uh, Lionel Messi going up against Chile. Uh, I think that's going to be a great one as well. It, 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 there'll be plenty to watch on Friday, plenty to DVR, and those are those are definitely two of the bigger matches to watch as well. So uh, that's it as far as the international stage. And last but certainly not least, we have to get to MLS, and MLS is uh, taking a bit of a break, obviously, with the international window, and, and there are only three matches on the schedule uh, this weekend. You have uh, New York City FC back; they're back at Yankee Stadium. They're playing the New England Revolution, uh, a team coming off a really bad loss, a team that's still searching for their first win of the season. Uh, and this is going to be an intriguing one uh, because I think New England is a bit better than their record. And I think they're they're going to look, much like FC Dallas last week, I think New England is going to go into this week really eager 
to kind of get the taste out of their mouth of that ugly win, ugly loss in Philly. Uh, NYCFC obviously lost at home to Orlando recently as well, so they're going to come in with a bit of chip on their shoulder, a bit of, the, of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, this is going to be a good battle in midfield, I think, particularly in midfield when you look at Lee Wynn, Kellen Rowe uh, for New England, and then you have Pierlo mixed this group, Tommy McNamara. Actually, mixed this group won't be there. My apologies. Maybe we'll see Quadro Poku. I know NYCFC fans are desperate to see Poku. They think Poku is going to be the answer. They think he's going to wave a magic wand, get on the field, and just score two, three goals, rip off his jersey, and have a sign that says, Patrick, never bench me again, or something crazy like that. But uh, it, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I think I, I, don't know, I don't know who to pick on this one, i got to tell you. I, I, think, I think New England's going to rebound. I think New England rebounds. Their defense rebounds, and we're going to see kind of a 1-0 1-0 game. I think the NYCFC still has some things to hammer out. Uh, and I think it could be another another close loss for them. Um, and then in Washington, where I'll be, uh, we have D.C. United taking IFC Dallas. I will not be at the game. Uh, I will be in D.C. I'll actually be heading back home the same day that the game takes place. I'll be with, fam- I'll be with my, my family. So uh, as much as I would like to stick around and go and watch this match, I don't think I'll be able to do that. Uh, but DC United, um, you know, they, they, they got their 1-1 one, one, one draw against Colorado. Uh, they take on an FC Dallas team that has to fe- be feeling pretty good again after after beating Montreal last week and kind of reminding everyone that, yes, they are still a good team. This is going to be an interesting test for FC Dallas. Uh, they're going to be without a, a handful of guys uh, for for, a minute, for international duty. Uh, I believe Jesse Gonzalez is not with them. I could be wrong. Uh, Kellen Acosta definitely is not with the team. Um, and then they play DC United, uh, who, you know, they have some questions. They, they're obviously, their goalkeeper position's a mess. Their attack has been a bit toothless. Um, I think FC Dallas is, FC Dallas should be able to go in and get the three points at RFK. I, I think that's a pretty, I don't, I don't think that's a stretch to say. Uh, although it's MLS and you never know, uh, betting on the on the away teams in MLS is never is never a safe bet. Um, and then last but not least, Vancouver against Houston. Uh, I just wonder how the folks in Vancouver are going to be able to recover from Friday's big World Cup qualifier and then turn around and then have to go to Whitecaps Dynamo. Obviously, Vancouver got their first win last week. They're feeling pretty good. Uh, they have to be feeling much better about where they stand after that win. They're going to go, go up against a Houston team that I, I said it last show, even though they lost to the Red Bulls, they're a good team and they're a dangerous team. And I think uh, if if you look at it, Vancouver's going to be without Kendall Waston and Tim Parker, who are both on international duty. Tim Parker's with the U23s. Waston is with Costa Rica, I believe. Um, Houston's going to have a field day, I think. I think Houston could really run wild um, on, that makesh- on what's going to be a makeshift Vancouver defense. So... It's a bit of unfortunate scheduling for the Whitecaps there. Uh, Houston will be at pretty much full strength. Uh, Houston will have most of their guys. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, I'm go- yeah, I might go- yeah, it's crazy. I'm going all road teams in this shortened MLS week. I know I'm, pri- I'm playing with fire there. I might end up living to regret that, but that's what I'm going to go with there. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. That's, uh, we're gonna- it's a pretty somewhat short show. Uh, I think I said that last episode that, that this would be a short, short show. Uh, we'll, I, I, I hate to make promises, but I'll say next week we'll definitely have people on or definitely have someone on to join me. 
uh, even if it's uh, you know one of my, just one of my fellow writers that's in Columbus because I will be in Columbus next week for USA Guatemala in Columbus. So uh, I, I'll probably have a show. Uh, definitely to drop by Tuesday morning, uh, hopefully earlier, hopefully sometime Monday, but definitely by Tuesday morning to preview, to, to recap what happened on Friday and to preview what's going to happen on Tuesday. So, uh, you definitely want to look ahead for that. And, uh, I think that's, that's pretty much it. It's, uh, I'll be hoping for some good weather down in DC and then also some good weather in Columbus when I head over there. Uh, but this is going to be a fun, fun weekend and hopefully it's not another tear jerking weekend like last October, and hopefully the U.S. can do a little better than the last time we had one of these crazy doubleheader-type days. Uh, we shall see. But uh, but that's all for now. Uh, I'm Ivis Galarza. This is the SBI Show.